Ah, trade rumors blowing in the wind on this pretty important day. Let's hit it. Your Locked On Ducks, your daily podcast on the Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome everyone to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jason J.D. Hernandez, covering hockey for over a decade. Thank you for making this your first listen of the day. And don't forget that this podcast is free and available across all platforms, including Stitcher, Spotify, Odyssey, among others. In case you missed it, last episode was pretty heavy. That was a pretty heavy topic that I discussed. So if you care to listen to that, then listen to the previous episode of Locked on Ducks. If you heard the episode two nights ago, I'm sure you noticed that it was a little bit of a pun at the expense of Tuka Rask and the Boston Bruins. That was a fun game. And we have another fun game, a couple of games coming up. Wednesday night against the Maple Leafs or the Leaf Blowers. And Thursday night against the Montreal Canadiens. Where I'll be talking briefly about those two games for about a hot minute. Because tomorrow is going to be Goals Thursday. So today will be a bit of a preview show, but not really much of a preview. And later on, we'll also have Mikey DiStefano, Al's brother from Locked on Maple Leafs. Yeah, he's going to come on the show and we're going to chit chat a little bit about some trade rumors that have mostly been circulating in Toronto. Not so much here, but there are some trade rumors that we will address. So I want to start off by talking about the importance of today because it is Mental Health Awareness Day and it, it is important to at least acknowledge that. And I, I will just say, speaking on my behalf, that if anyone ever needs to talk to anybody, I'm here. So you can feel free to reach out. So I just wanted to get that out of the way. Another importance about this day, just kind of starting off sad, then we'll end happier. It is two years since the untimely passing of Kobe Bryant. And I know this is a hockey podcast. However, that rocked the sports world tremendously when Kobe Bryant and his daughter and seven other just great people unfortunately passed away in a helicopter crash in Los Angeles County. And it can't be said enough how much Kobe Bryant meant to Southern California, how much he meant to Los Angeles, how much he meant to Orange County as well. He was a resident of Orange County and donated his time and donated his money to countless charities uh, being out there in Orange County. We saw him at Disneyland frequently and him and his family were out and about in the OC and it can't be equated enough how much he is missed and how heavily that impacted the sports world. For me, I had to work the AHL All-Star game. It was two years ago to the day that Martin Furk blistered a 109-mile-per-hour shot. So it is the two-year anniversary of, of that as well. So kind of a confluence of events all happening on January 26th. But it's a pretty major day in sports when you consider all of that which occurred. Oh boy, that, that was just such a memory for me. Having worked a game in the morning... And in between games, I saw my phone blow up that there was the initial TMZ report that Kobe had passed away. 
And right before I was going to work my second game of the morning, I saw the confirmation and just tried to press on as much as possible. And upon entering the Toyota Arena area, I did notice a couple of Kobe Bryant jerseys. I was listening to news radio because I wanted to hear more about what had happened. If it was true, of course it was true. And it rocked everybody in SoCal. So when I arrived there, I was greeted by Locked On Los Angeles Kings host, Sarah Avampado. She had heard the news as well. And we both just were a little bit somber for a couple minutes, but tried to pick ourselves back up because, you know, we had an important game to cover. We had an important event to cover. It was the AHL All-Star Game in Ontario, California. For those of you that live in SoCal, a lot of you listening were probably there and remember just how great of an event that was. But you also might remember that you had that long moment of silence before the All-Star Game and you had Kobe and Gigi's picture up on the Jumbotron of Toyota Arena. It it was a sad moment. It, It really was. So once again, two years since that passing, Kobe Bryant, we miss you every day. And trying to go on a lighter note, it is also Wayne Gretzky's birthday. And the reason I want to bring this up is because if it wasn't for Wayne Gretzky, we wouldn't have an Anaheim Ducks team. We wouldn't have hockey in the Sunbelt area. We wouldn't have hockey thriving as much as it is here in Southern California. Whether you want to believe it or not, whether you want to admit that, yeah, Wayne Gretzky was that important and still is that important to Southern California hockey. When he came to the Kings in the late 80s in that massive, massive trade, that changed everything. I mean, I'll admit I started watching hockey around that time when Gretzky was leading the Los Angeles Kings to the Stanley Cup final. Look, I'll I'll level with you all. Yeah, I started off as a Kings fan, but that's because there was no Mighty Ducks. There was no team in Anaheim yet. 1992, the Mighty Ducks weren't even a thought. So what other hockey team is there going to be? There's going to be the Los Angeles Kings. And I loved watching Wayne Gretzky and seeing him just propel that team. And around the same time, 1991-92, the Mighty Ducks film came out. So that's when I started getting a little more hooked. Once the team was born in 94 and you saw the Ponda open up and you saw D2 the Mighty Ducks and all of that stuff as a kid I was excited and then you see Paul Correa come onto the team and Tamu Solani and you have these awesome players playing for the Anaheim sorry the Mighty Ducks of Anaheim yeah it was a big deal and you know that we have absolutely Wayne Gretzky to thank for that because if it wasn't for the popularity that he brought to the SoCal area, then we wouldn't have a team in Anaheim. We wouldn't have a team, for better or worse, in Arizona. We wouldn't have a team or two teams in Florida. So he really did change everything. So once again, happy birthday to Wayne Gretzky. Thank you so much for making hockey popular here in SoCal and for bringing some great action here in California. All right, we're going to head into the first intermission, and when I come back, I will be joined by Mike DiStefano from Locked On Maple Leafs. We're going to have some fun. Yeah, me and Al's brother. I, I call him Al's brother because that's what he goes by, sort of jokingly, on his own show. Mike DiStefano 
is not just on locked on the lockdown network he also works on tsn sports so al's brother joining in all right first let's talk about built bar which is the best tasting protein bar ever that comes in 18 fantastic flavors covered in a chocolate fondue that's right also there are the amazing built puffs like the churro puff for example which is probably one of the best built bars i've ever had so if you want to try some built bars or built puffs or built boost for yourself Head over to Built.com right now and use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order of Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. Coming up after the break, I'll be joined by Mike DiStefano. We'll get to that on the other side. It's going to be Jeff Ward and Mike Stuthers behind the bench instead of Coach Dallas Eakins. So the interim head coach is one of the biggest proponents of the new special new and approved special teams for the ducks so maybe we'll see a little bit something different yes i do realize that a lot of the schemes are going to be dallas eakin schemes a lot of that's going to be the same but some of those little plays especially on the special teams it could make a difference without eakins there so that's maybe a twist on this who knows what I think actually is interesting is there is a a connection here between Mike Stuthers and Morgan Riley, two guys who played together back in the day and and, and know yep. each other very well. And um, I don't remember which media member it was, but in Morgan Riley's availability the night that Keith uh, or the night that Aikens, I guess he tested positive, correct, and that's why yeah. he's unable to play. Mm-hmm. So or to coach, and they told him like, "Hey, your old buddy Mike Stuthers, he's going to be the de facto head coach tonight against Tampa. Like, you're going to be tuning in." He was like, "Oh, no way! This is the first time I heard about that. Might have to check it out." And then talked about how he sent him, uh, fired him over a text and whatnot afterwards, thanking him for getting the victory for uh, against the the Lightning and whatnot. Yeah, and, so, you, and you just uh, mentioned that. Funny. Yeah, it'll be it'll be really funny to see um, if there's any interaction between Riley and Mike Stuthers. I mean, sometimes I guess when you're in the heat of the moment, maybe you just there don't will even be. got the blinders on. But it'll be funny to see no, if there Riley will scores be. a goal. Riley scores maybe a power play goal, and he kind of looks over and gives a little wink or something like that. Maybe, maybe. No, no those two know each other pretty well. In fact, on Mike Stuthers' post game, he did mention that he got a bunch of text messages and a couple of phone calls from various players around the league. He didn't mention anyone by name, but he did say that he got some calls and texts from former players that he coached and people that he knows. So I'm sure he's one of them that he referenced after, after that big victory against Tampa Bay. I mean, that's part part of it as well. You know, someone that he's known for a long time, by the way, Stutz, he's a Toronto guy as well. He's from the area. He knows a lot of people out there. So this will be a big deal for coach Stuthers, I think. And, you know, having having covered the Ontario rain for as many years as I have, you know, I've also gotten to know Stutz a little bit. And he's someone that does wear his heart on his sleeve a little bit. So, mm-hmm. you know, there will be that emotion when he's behind the bench. Some money on the board, money on the board type of stuff <laughs> for the Ducks tomorrow, perhaps. It's too bad that there's not going to be like he won't be able to have his friends and family who are in the GTA area <sighs> aren't going to be able to come out uh, and, and, you know, watch him in action on the bench. It kind of does suck. Like I, I, I do hate the fact that nobody can go to these games. Not just the fans, but even like 
a, a situation like this where you're making your head coaching debut, I guess, in Toronto, in Scotiabank Arena, and your family, who literally could be two feet outside of the arena watching it on the Jumbotron, but can't step inside and watch it. Um, kind no, of kind no. of unfortunate. However, I, if I'm not mistaken, they're, they're, they could be like some boxes and whatnot that they've been putting people in. I don't know. I've heard I, that. I maybe. think they could make an exception well, they can for allow, this one. They can allow up to 500 people in the building. They are allowed up to 500 fans. They just said, no, nah, we're not going to. But I think like friends and family, they're putting in as the 500. I could be wrong, but I thought I heard that. But unfortunately, I'm not one of the 500, so I can't be there live to yeah. you know, verify that. But this but, is a special opportunity for Mike's others right. to coach at least in front of some people, even, even if there's like a dozen people there special yeah. guests that alone will be cool as well. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see what happens there. Um, keys to the game for Toronto for them to come away with the victory against Anaheim tomorrow, a full 60 minute effort. That really hasn't been uh, the case for Toronto much as of late. Um, I'm not sure how much, you know, talk this is getting out in California, but Toronto four of five games, they held a three, one lead and just, pissed them away gone boom and then gonna say it no don't don't say it don't say it keep going i thought you were, I thought no, you were keep, gonna say it keep going sure. i'm holding back um, <laughs> but yeah so like they they've they've gotten out to these leads they've started out hot but then fizzle away so that full 60 minute effort they need to be able to put that in they kind of did that the other day against the islanders but still got outworked in the third period they're outshot 15 to 4 in that third frame don't let that happen. Control the first period, control the second period, control the third period, put forward a 60 minute effort. You get a lead, hold that lead. That is going to be key. Number one, key number two, and a way that you do that, protect the net. You know, I think that the Maple Leafs have done uh, not as great a job at protecting their net as of late. Um, they've allowed some, some guys to get in there. A lot of these goals that are being scored are from the inner slot and you got to try and box guys out. Now, not having Jake Muzzin and Justin Hall was a big reason for that. You, you had guys with a li little bit thinner, leaner frames trying to box out guys like Ryan Reeves. That's not going to happen very well. Or guys like Ryan O'Reilly, that's not going to happen very well. Uh, so, you know, with bringing in Justin Hall, maybe that does help that. But regardless, they still do need to figure out a way to protect the net. And another thing that they haven't handled well as of late is the forecheck. And there's some, some mm. you know, some bigger dudes on Anaheim. Like Nick Delorier is one of the – I think he leads the league in hits, if, if I'm yes. not mistaken. Like he's, he's going to be in there. He's going to try and bang bodies. And, you know, guys like Travis Dermott, guys like Timothy Lilligren, Rasmus Sandin, they got to try and absorb the contact and not turn the puck over when that happens. You got to handle that forecheck, not shy away from the contact, and make sure that you are putting the puck in good positions and not turning the ball, turning over the puck when you have somebody like him or like Sam Carrick or whoever coming hard in on you trying to lay the body. It's going to happen. You got to absorb it. It's the NHL, folks. You're going to get. You know, shaking up a little bit, but uh, so I think that is going to be a, another key. Handle the forecheck and limit those defensive zone turnovers because those have been killer for Toronto in this uh, in this little stretch mm. here. So those are kind of my three keys tomorrow for Toronto to beat uh, Anaheim. You mentioned another name, another former Toronto guy, Sam Carrick. Oh, Maple, 
Maple Brother. Yeah, he won. Wait, Sam Carrick? No, Connor Carrick was with the Leafs. Was Sam Carrick with the Leafs? Sam Carrick was with the Leafs. Absolutely. Wow. I, I remember Sam Carrick as a Marley for a while. Oh, he could have been with the Marley. Yeah, yeah, he was with the Marleys, I think. Was he drafted as a Maple Leaf? Yeah, he was drafted as a Leaf back in 2010. I, I know my minor league guys. If it's one thing I know, it's my minor league guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then because yeah, yeah, he was with the Marleys before making the jump to San Diego. He did. Sorry, he did. Yeah, back 13, 14, and, uh, and 14, 15. Yeah, so he did get – no. Yeah, 14, 15, he played 16 games with Toronto. And then in 15, 16, he played three games in Toronto. And uh, the rest of his career was spent with the Marlies before being sent to uh, going to play in Anaheim, I guess, or Rockford. San Diego for a while. Rockford, wherever he was there. But anyways, uh, good to see that he's, you know, getting himself a a crack in the NHL. Good, uh, Good Toronto boy and, you know, former... Former Maple Leaf picks from Stouffville, Stouffville, Ontario. Yeah, yeah, local kid. So he'll have some some local friends and family in the area as well. Um, all right, let's take one more quick break, and when we come back, we gotta talk about this Josh Manson fella. We gotta mm-hmm. do it. I gotta right. know what's it gonna take. Is he available? <laughs> Maybe we'll have. I'll play the role of Kyle Dubas. You'll play the role of vacant general manager as of now. We'll talk about that too. (laughs) Okay. So we'll do that (laughs) when we return here on this Locked on Leafs, Locked on Ducks crossover. More with Mikey DiStefano after this brief word from betonline.ag, which is the one place that has you covered and the one place that we trust. And the NFL championship rounds are coming pretty close. We have that massive Rams versus 49ers matchup. And we also have that Chiefs versus Bengals matchup. So if you want to check out the latest lines on the NFL playoffs while also checking out the NBA and NHL lines, then head over to betonline.ag. Use promo code LOCKEDON to get your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Once again, that's betonline.ag, the exclusive online sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network, and please gamble responsibly. Welcome back to the Locked On Leafs, Locked On Ducks crossover show. We got Toronto. We got Anaheim facing off tonight at 7 o'clock at Scotiabank Arena. 4 o'clock for those uh, listening out in California. And one of the big talking points throughout the past week and a half or so here in Toronto at the very least has been the fact that this this blue line needs to bulk up. They need to, to get stronger. Like I said, they need to protect the net, and they got to handle the forecheck better. And there's a guy in Anaheim that kind of fits the mold of what Toronto and Toronto fans, Leafs Nation, is looking for, and that's Josh Manson. Mm-hmm. First and foremost, is Josh Manson, could he be made available? His contract is over at the end of the year. He's going to be an unrestricted free agent. And like we alluded to at the beginning of this podcast, Anaheim kind of overachieving. So is this a guy who they see as part of their future? Or if the right price is paid, could he potentially be on the move here before the trade deadline? This is a tricky question. If you had asked me this when the Ducks were struggling last season, I would have said, yes, he's absolutely available, 100%. Now that the Ducks are looking to, I guess, kind of 
jumpstart this rebuild and actually make a playoff spot. Maybe not so much. I think the Ducks do want to look at this season a little bit and think they might have a chance. And Josh Manson has been one of those guys for the Ducks this season that has done well. However, as you mentioned, his contract is up at the end of the season. So who knows if the Ducks even retain him after this season? That's been kind of a topic. I mean, it hasn't been talked about a whole lot, but it's there's been murmurings. You know, will he come back? What will be the price for Josh Manson to come back? He is getting a little bit older. He's turned or he is 30 now. So the big question is, what would it take? It's going to start with picks. Considering this year's draft, 2022's draft is going to be very deep. It's going to take at least some draft picks or at least a first rounder because the Ducks do still want to look into the future at some point. I mean, that's what happened with the Andre Kasha trade from two years ago was the Ducks at first were somewhat reluctant, but once the deal went down, they did get a first round pick and they got Jacob Perot, who is still super young, but he fe- he looks into being one of those guys in the Ducks future as well. So if the Ducks can get someone pretty decent in the first round and get a good pick, that could be the price. That could be among the price. And maybe one other little side chip there as well. So you but, think it would take like yeah. a first a first and maybe like a B prospect? A first and at least a prospect, I think, would be a good way to go. But would there no- be appetite to take on a contract would there be any appetite to take on a guy and i it's so tough to throw him into this one because obviously where he came from but like nick Ritchie is a player that this team cannot afford that contract i mean i i i believe that where whatever trade kind of gets made I like to think that Nick Ritchie could be thrown into the deal to make the numbers work financially, uh, both this year and next year. Boy, I don't wouldn't know that be hilarious? Road, though, wouldn't that be funny if that happened? Former Duck comes back. Yeah, why not? Just in that sense, <laughs> you know what I, the Duck? You know what the Ducks have that most teams don't? A ton of cap space. There you go. They, they have a lot of cap space, which leads into something else that you and I had kind of talked about just as a side is what about this vacant GM spot? Yeah. Look, who's making trades now right now? Jeff Solomon right now has the keys for the Ducks. He's someone that was brought in from the Los Angeles Kings. He's really good at managing those numbers and did an exceptional job by making the Los Angeles Kings roster work all the way back in 2014. He was instrumental in that Marion Gabryk trade, if you recall from oh, eight years ago now. So he, he knows numbers. He knows prospects. He knows what he's doing as far as trades go. The Ducks essentially gave him the keys for the next few months. And this is going to be a big test for Jeff Solomon as well. So if he's going to make a big trade like this and get at least a first round pick and maybe more, then why not take that swing? You may as well, right? Especially if this was supposed to be a rebuild year, then then why not go for it and entertain the idea? So the way that I look at this, and and you know, Toronto sports fans will understand this analogy because a season ago, the Toronto Raptors were in a situation where they just weren't that good. 
But with the new play-in format, they probably could have got themselves into a play-in and then what? Maybe they win a game. Maybe they get to the first round. But ultimately, it wasn't a team that was going to compete for anything special. So right. Messiah Jiri and, the, and, and company decided the tagline was playing for what? Like, what are we doing here? Like, we want to win a championship. What's this going to do? So what they did was the, you know, the moves that they made were to get better for next season. Could they have made the playoffs? They might have been able to, but they decided to kind of punt to the following year. And when I look at the Anaheim Ducks, like, yeah, they're overachieving. They're having a good season. They'll potentially make the playoffs, but are they going to make any noise once they get there? And I know once you get to the dance, anything could happen. You never know. But are they on the level of Vegas or Colorado or Minnesota? Unfortunately, the answer to that is no. Right. So would they be better suited maybe moving on from a Josh Manson, maybe a Nick Delorier, and picking up picks and prospects and building for the future? I think that's why a lot of Leaf fans are like, maybe he could be available because that could potentially be the route that Anaheim ultimately decides to go down. Yeah, I mean, I am a big proponent in still building for the future. And looking at this year's draft, there are so many names out there. Good draft, that, really good draft. Yeah, that could potentially help the Ducks well beyond, you know, 2024, 25, 26, etc. There are the makings of some really good young core pieces. I've mentioned some of those names already. Jacob Perot's one of those guys. Braden Tracy, both of whom have gone up to the Ducks already this season. Canadian. Olympian Mason McTavish. You took my thunder away on that one. Ah, that was the next game I was going to mention. You're going to throw up the Canadian flag. I already know it, but Mason McTavish, congrats on making the Olympics. McTavish had a great nine games here with Anaheim. I look at what he did in Peterborough as well. He's killing it in the Canadian league. Oh, yeah. So, you know, those are three key guys. McTavish, Perot, Tracy, and then, of course, you have Drysdale, Zegris, also up there as far as future core pieces. Why not add some more pieces? I'm just saying, you never know. Yeah, That, that can all pan out. Look at what the Ducks did in 2007. They had a terrific draft in 2006, had two good first-round picks. Uh, two guys you might know. I think you're familiar with both of them. Some guy named Ryan Getzloff. And another guy named, oh, Corey Perry, the warm. Well, Those, that, that was what, 2003, no? Oh, uh, yeah, they came up in 0506, so that was the 03 draft. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, who who knows? I, I that, that might, you know, I think Anaheim's in a situation where they can kind of pick which way they want to lean and then go from there. You know, they're not a team yeah. that necessarily needs to sell because – they do at least have the opportunity to make a run at the playoffs and get into the dance. And like, let's also not mince words here. I think playoff revenue is also important for teams as, at mm-hmm. the same time, especially in this pandemic where a lot of teams have lost money. At least if you could get that playoff revenue, I mean, that would be helpful. So if you're the and Ducks, it's been it so, long. so long since they've been in there. Yes. Yeah, well, there's also that, too. But, again, you got to weigh the pros and the cons, the future and the present. So it's it's going to be it's gonna be an interesting situation for the Ducks. But if Josh Manson is available, I hope that Kyle Dubas is heavy in on that one because I think that he would be a, a really good addition. I mean, 
this guy's just like a, a monster. Like he yep. is just a absolute unit. Like can what, I name a, three more Josh guys? Manson, what's a Josh Manson memory that you have of him just like crushing somebody? And you're like, oh, that's my defenseman. That is my <laughs> defenseman. Games against the Los Angeles Kings. That's for sure. Josh Very. Manson is not afraid to battle with some of the big boys on some of these other Western teams. He's not afraid to mix it up with McKinnon out in Colorado. He's not afraid to mix it up with Drew Doughty in Los Angeles, but then again, neither is Nick Delorier. He'll fight Curtis McDermott any day of the week. Yeah. Hey man, yep. honestly, I, a Manson Delorier package, I would not be opposed to that coming Toronto's way before March 21st. I'll be honest with you. Wouldn't be opposed to it. And but. you know, if, if Ducks fans can see a first round pick out of that, it wouldn't be the worst thing. Yeah, and I think if, if if both of those are available, I think that could be that could be had. That could yeah. be made, it could be had. Uh, but we'll see. Still tons of time uh before the deadline, before much of these deals get made, before any decisions get made, before we start to talk about buyers and sellers, still tons of time to talk about that. I'm sure you'll do it on your show on Locked On Ducks. I'm gonna do it right here on Locked On Leafs. But hey, we got a game tonight, so uh everybody enjoy it. Leafs, Ducks, down at Scotiabank Arena, 7 p.m. puck drop local time in Toronto, 4 p.m. for all y'all out in Cali. Uh, really appreciate uh, you joining me here today, Jason. It was a lot of fun. Why don't you tell my great folks here uh, in Toronto uh, and listening to the show where they can find your podcast and find uh, all your work. Uh, they can find the podcast at Locked On Anaheim Ducks, wherever podcasts can be heard. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at StimpyJD. The show's Twitter is at LO underscore Ducks. You can obviously catch me uh, working for the AHL. And I want to give a quick shout-out, since you're a Toronto guy, quick shout-out to my buddy Ryan out in Newmarket, Ontario. Got to give him his shout-out out there. All right, shout-out, Ryan. <laughs> hope, you're, uh, hope you're a loyal listener then, so this will at least find your way to you. But uh, shout-out, shout-out, Ryan. Uh, yeah, you can find my stuff at Lockdown Leafs wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Lockdown Leafs on Twitter, and my own personal Twitter is Mickey underscore Canuck. Big thanks to Mikey DeStefano for crossing over and having some Maple Leafs Ducks talk and address some rumors. So a little bit of fun there. I I enjoy talking with Mikey all the time, or as some of us know him as Al's brother. So thanks once again, Mikey, for coming on and joining. All right, that's going to do it for today's podcast. Don't forget, Ducks play the Maple Leafs Wednesday afternoon, and they play the Canadians on Thursday afternoon. So once again, tomorrow will be goals Thursday, and then we'll recap both of those games on Friday. So stay tuned for that. Once again, thank you all so much for listening. It's greatly appreciated. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at StimpyJD. The show's Twitter is LO underscore Ducks. And... Yeah, let's just enjoy the next couple of games and see how the Ducks do up in Canada. For Locked on Anaheim Ducks, I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez saying have a great rest of the day. Please continue to be safe out there, be kind to one another, and Ducks fly together.